This program is brought to you by the Living Church Boise. This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. Coping will give you temporary relief. Revenge or vengeance will only bring you down. If you're sitting here and saying, you know what? I will fuck with this person, but man, when I get a chance, just wait. I know every dog has its day. I will get my chance. I want you to remember that hurt people hurt people. If you're harboring hurt, you might not get a chance to hurt the person that hurt you, but you'll be hurting the people that are a blessing in your life. You'll be hurting your spouse, your children, your grandchildren. People say things like, I won't rest till I get back to you. I want you to feel the pain. I won't stop till I bring you to your knees. And I've said this before, bringing someone to, your, to their knees doesn't show how tall you stand. It only shows how low you've gotten. The Bible says vengeance belongs to the Lord. It's His. Third thing, this is very personal to me because I deal with this a lot. And God has to catch me in this area of bitterness and unforgiveness. Self-deception. Self-deception. If you ever hear me say this, I want you to call me out on this. Okay, I'm giving you permission. Oh, I don't care. Oh, get text message. Hey, see what this person is saying about you. Oh, I, I, I don't care. Well, survey says I do care. Okay? And the people that walk around and say, I don't care, I'm mad as hell. And they care a lot. Okay? Anger that's turned inward doesn't lead to healing. You know what it leads to? It leads to depression. Anger turned inward would lead you to depression because it eats you up. And here's the thing, Satan eats that for breakfast, man. He loves it when you're angry and this, in, this anger turns inward and you're depressed because he will come and say, you're stupid. Oh, you know what, what you heard about that? That is actually true about you. He's the accuser of the saints. Anger turned inwards doesn't bring healing, it only leads to depression. You need to cut this out like cancer as quick as you can and you can do it right now as you release this person into the hands of God and say, God, forgive this person. This person is an idiot. I can't get through. Jesus, only you can. I'm releasing this person into your hands. Don't let anger turn inwards and kill you. All the therapy and medication in the world will not help you until you confronted this area in your life and you begin to tie up these loose ends. You can jump, dance, preach and sing, but none of this will heal you. The good news, folks, is that if you've been wounded, please listen to me. If you've been wounded, if you've been abused, and it seems so easy for these people who abuse you to get away with it, please listen to me. God is on the side of the wounded. God is on your side. He's your advocate. He will fight for you. Vengeance is His. You don't take it into your own hands. You give it into God's hands and say, God, I want to walk like I'm in the light. Bitterness doesn't belong to me. Bitterness doesn't belong in the child of God. I'm giving it into your hands. I don't want to be bitter. I just take this person out of my mind. You deal with them, Jesus. You deal with them. You deal with them. You do what? You're a gracious, good God. You're the only one who can save them, set them free, bless them in every way that you, that, that you want to bless them, Father. But I'm releasing this now in Jesus' name. Who needs a deliverance here this morning from this man? I know many of us do. I know many of us need to release this at the foot of the cross and say, God, who am I to be an advocate in this person's life? Sure, according to my rules, according to culture, according to what I've read in the Bible, it's all wrong, but I am not the judge. You are the judge. Vengeance belongs to you. And I'm going to release this anger. I'm, not going to, I'm going to stop turning it in words and be depressed and feel insecure and let the words of lies dictate who I am and make me who I'm not. In Jesus' name, I'm releasing it this morning. Amen. For whoever loves his brother, verse 10, abides in the light. I want each and every one of you to abide, to stay in the light this morning. Not walk in any shade of darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling. Hallelujah. 
In him there is no cause for stumbling. In him there is no cause for stumbling. He walks with a smile on his face. He walks happy. He's not looking over his shoulder who's looking to stab him every single time. He's not worried about who's stalking him online. He walks with no stumbling. It's great. I've said this to my friends before. The minute I start looking over my shoulder a lot, it means I'm living in sin. Because I'm looking who's going to try and trip me up. In him there is no cause for stumbling. And then he says, But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Ever walked in the garage when the lights went off? You're doing some work and boop, the lights go off because it's timed or something like that? Happened to me this week. I had to walk very carefully because I got a chainsaw on the floor. I'm not running, I'm not crazy that way. I mean, <laughs> Joel's weird, man. It's like, he's really taking this whole walk by faith thing to a whole new level. No. And then our cats dropped this whole box of like electronic parts that I had that have nails and sharp pointy stuff. And I'm like, whoa, gotta be careful how I walk. And it reminded me of this verse. He walks in darkness, does not know where he's going. And he stumbles in the dark. He's trying to feel his way in the dark. He does not know which way he's going. He's going to scratch things up. I mean, imagine walking in a forest in the dark. You break your knees, you break your ankles, you fall off a cliff. Living in bitterness is walking in darkness. You trip and you stumble and you fall. And this is the way we stumble and fall in a very practical way. You harbor bitterness about a pastor that yelled at you and said false things to you and abused you. And then you come from church to church to church and you carry that same abuse and bitterness with you. And even a loving pastor that's telling you loving things, you still look at them through the eyes of the abuser. And if you're carrying things in your past into your present, it will distort your future. And it will ruin the blessing that God has put before you. Let me talk about marriages for a quick second over here. Yes, you had a terrible marriage. You had a terrible, terrible relationship. Not in a marriage. 16 years old, you had a terrible boyfriend. You've not released that shame. You've not released the lies. You've not released that person. You've not repented from that sin. And so you bring that nonsense into a beautiful marriage that God's blessed you with. You're bringing baggage. The world recognizes baggage. And you're walking in darkness. And now you're cutting this person up because you don't see this person as a loving, faithful husband. You look at this person as a person who cheated on you when you were 16 years old. Stop walking in bitterness. This morning, God wants to do surgery, not just from what happened last week, not just what happened in your previous church. God wants to do surgery for what happened when you're 12 years old, when you were six years old. Yes. God wants to put that zit, pop that zit of bitterness out of your life. It doesn't belong in you. You look ugly with it. You're walking in darkness. Why do you want to do that? Let's walk in the light as he is in the light. Third thing, I'm tying up the loose ends by checking my desire. Okay, we spoke about some practical stuff, right? Practical stuff, obedience to Jesus. We spoke about, you know what, loving other people, making sure that we're not living in bitterness. And now, let us bring it personally to your, to your heart, to your mind, to your eyes. Okay? So, so I'm talking to you directly now. I'm tying up the loose ends by checking my desire. Before you buy a used car, they strongly suggest taking it to a reliable mechanic to get it checked. So that someone says, hmm, like they've been burnt in the past, right? It's like, should have done that. And, and that's happened to me before. I was like, man, I wish I got a check before I bought it. Why? Because they'll be able to do a huge diagnosis on it to make sure that nothing will fall apart and, and will break. And then they're not trying to cheat you and not trying to you know, fool you with this and make you pay more than what it's worth. How much more important is it than for us to do it with our lives before we go off into eternity? How important is it for us to check our mind, our desires, our heart, and to begin to tie up the loose ends and to see what needs to be fixed now? before it's too late. And that's what the Apostle John, he's going to get at in verse 15. He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. Crazy, because just now I've been losing my voice over, we've got to love people, we've got to love people, we've got to love people. Now he's saying don't love the world. The world he's talking about is not the people, like he's going to say, he's saying the things in the world, the standards in the world, the rules and laws that this world dictates on us. 
hate the world, hate its standards, hate its, its, you know, its values that it places. No, you should not like that stuff. All the things in the world, the possessions in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's so crazy. So if you are running after things of the world, the love of the Father is not in you. Oftentimes, I know that this is true for me and I'm sure it's true for you. You have a great streak of loving Jesus. And then you purchase one thing or you find one thing and your whole mind goes towards that one thing. I remember getting ready for a sermon one, one Saturday night and I just bought him this beautiful Triumph motorcycle. Man, all I could think of was this motorcycle. All the time I was on the internet, I was looking up parts for this and upgrading this. And, and at about 2 or 3 in the morning, the Holy Spirit convicted me and says, man, you like this bike too much. You're not even thinking about the message you're going to preach. You're not praying through this stuff. And what do you know? Just a couple of weeks later, God told me to give this motorcycle away. Because God was testing me if I will have loving surrender. If you love the things of the world, the love of the Father is not in you. And this morning, God is convicting you, confronting the things that you love in the world. Confronting the things that you're holding on to and asking you to tie up these loose ends. He's going to define what the world is in three illustrations, three categories. Give me 10 minutes, we'll bring this to a close. Verse 16, for all that's in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. Very quickly, he's saying, guard your fleshly desires. Please guard your fleshly desires. Sex is good, created by God in its rightful context. Guard your fleshly desires. It just, it just doesn't have to be sex. It can be also food and drink. Guard your fleshly desires. Anything that causes you to lower your standards, watch out and start tightening those loose ends. In James chapter 4 verse 4, he writes, You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And then he says, guard your eyes. Guard your flesh. Guard your eyes. Your eyes, do you know, is a gift from God? but it can also be used to introduce you to sin. How many times I've spoken to people and they're like, man, I was doing great and then one person introduced me to pornography. And ever since, I cannot see people the same way. I walk around and look at people as objects now. It's so ingrained in me. Oh, I pray that God will deliver you this morning. As you say, God, I want to guard my eyes. God, I want to guard my eyes. I need to guard my eyes. This is not just with young people. I'm This is with older people too. Guard your eyes. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, Jesus says, the eye is a lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, the whole body will be full of darkness. And then he says, if the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Because Satan is a deceiver and a liar. And he will say, oh, you're in the light. And he says, if that light that you call light is actually darkness, how great is this darkness that continues to deceive you? Guard your eyes, guard your eyes, guard your eyes. And then the third thing, guard the glory that God has entrusted with you. The third thing, he says, the pride of life. Some of your translation will say the pride of possessions. Really what this is talking about is when we put value on things that don't belong to it. We take the glory of God and put it onto things. Oftentimes people will say, look at me, I'm so blessed. My business is doing well, therefore God loves me. What you're doing is you're misplacing the glory of God. You're saying just because God is giving you a blessing that you can go on sinning. Just because you have favor, you can go on living the lifestyle that you're living. If it's not broke, why fix it? You're misplacing the glory of God. It's time for us to come back again like we sang, your glory is so beautiful. I fall onto my knees in awe. Things will perish, things will vanish, things will burn, things will be run down. 
If we are finding our identity and our possessions in the neighborhood you live in, the people that you're married to, the children that you have, and what they've accomplished and what you've accomplished, your medals on the wall, your certificates on the wall, it's all pride of life. You're misplacing the glory of God. True glory of God should come from, I've been washed by the blood. I'm a child of God. I fail, but I'm striving towards loving surrender. And every time the world comes and attacks me, I'm going to release the bitterness, not going to hold on. I'm tightening up the loose ends and constantly checking the desires of my heart. Where's my mind? Where's my eyes? Where's my heart? Am I really living in the glory of God? This is what John says in closing. He says, and the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God will abide forever. You know, David, I was thinking of you this week as I was going through this verse. David talks a lot about how busy it is when the fair is in town and how much work needs to be done. And this last verse reminded me of this picture that kind of kept coming to my mind. One day this world will close down like the fairgrounds after the fair. It's going to be last day. Last day. The workers are going to go and start pulling down the, the Ferris wheel. They're going to pull down the different rides. The boots will be closed. Stuff, some stuff will go into storage. Some stuff will be packed away and taken off to the next town. And it'll be all be gone. You go in there, you're not even going to see a trace of it. It's going to be gone. It's all going to be gone. One day, your life will come down like the fairgrounds. The boots that made you a lot of money will be gone. The fairgrounds where you entertain people, where it was so much fun, it's all going to be gone. All the animals and the smell of farm animals is all going to be gone. The world will quickly fade away, the Bible tells me. It's passing away along with its desires. Praise the Lord for that, huh? The best thing I'm looking forward to in heaven is there'll be no more temptation of sins. The desire of the world will be passed away. It'll be gone. Thank you, Jesus, for that. The world is passing away along with its desires. My life will close down like a fairgrounds. But whoever does the will of God will abide forever. It tells me that whoever does the will of God, even from right now, the joy that you experience in, 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 in assigning glory to where it's due and, and in gratitude for where it's due, that joy will begin to grow and continue and will never end. All unto eternity. Constantly growing in pleasure and in joy. Isn't it beautiful that He's the creator of pleasure? He knows exactly how. We need to find pleasure as we spend eternity with Him. Let's not fall for the ways of the world with the desire of the flesh, the desires of the eye and the pride of life, but let's repent from that. And now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the beautiful fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide on each and every one of you, both now and always. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you guys. You're loved. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014, Eagle, Idaho, 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.